when I was a teenager. I believe we would have evening prayer when the youth gathered on Sunday night for our time together. We would have an evening prayer liturgy before we did other things that you would do at EYC. Remember that name, Episcopal Young Churchman. And I would hear this, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of your people Israel. And as a teenager, I would say that with disinterest, it seemed kind of wordy, and it made no sense to me really. Lord, now let your servant depart in peace. I, you know, no connection at all. If you fast forward about a decade, moving into my 20s, um, I uh, came back to the church. I came back to the Lord. I uh, began um, uh, in earnest uh, trying to grow as a Christian. And so then that meant I started to open my Bible. And I actually joined my first small group, three other guys and I in Columbia, sitting around a breakfast table, I'm sorry, a lunch table, and uh, talking about scripture. And I remember reading this, and I uh, learned I had new eyes. From the second chapter, I'm sorry, my page flipped here. for their purification according to the law of Moses. They brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Um, it was written in the law that, that it was to be done. Every male who first opened the womb should be called holy to the Lord. Shades of prior to the exodus and the, um, uh, the children who were protected, uh, the eldest child by the, um, by the blood of the lamb, the Passover lamb. And so here, uh, through the history of, of Israel, the Jewish people, uh, recalling that event, uh, something needed to be sacrificed uh, for the safety of this firstborn male child. And uh, in this case, it was a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, which was a substitute sacrifice if you could not afford a, a more expensive sacrifice, a goat or a unblemished lamb. So the fact that Joseph and Mary uh, provide this sort of sacrifice gives us a pretty clear hint that this was not a family of means. Uh, it was a family of humble circumstances and, uh, and a very faithful family because every time there is supposed to be something done for this child, embracing him in the knowledge and love of the Lord, they faithfully do it. Circumcised on the eighth day. If you count forward 33 days or, uh, from there or 40 days from the birth of Jesus in December, you would find that we land on February 2nd. And this is a glorious day. We vest in white, and it's the feast day of the presentation of the Lord in the temple. My reading this in my early 20s with new eyes meant that um, things no longer were merely ordinary. There were extraordinary things that sometimes happened too uh, in my new life of faith. Um, and then since then, constant experiences of ordinary events becoming extraordinary. I joined with the men for a wild game night last night, very large gathering of the men in the parish. It's simply an ordinary dinner, it's an ordinary
customary event, my own personal experience of that evening last night, it was an extraordinary occasion. And I say that because uh, here are all these, you know, it's so funny when you drive up to this church for a men's gathering, um, they're all pickup trucks here. I mean, we're, we're men here, you know, kind of thing. So I, I couldn't drive my Highlander last night. I brought my Jeep just so I could, you know, I don't have a pickup truck. I had to bring my Jeep just so I can kind of get with these guys, you know. But, so this wonderful dinner, and here are all these men gathered, not for coarse conversation, not for um, uh, unpleasant jokes, um, but simply to gather uh, in fellowship under the banner of Christ and to hear our new bishop-elect. Our new bishop-elect, uh, Chip Edgar, gives an extraordinary uh, reflection from his own personal life. He tells an extraordinary story of love and loyalty, and, and uh, a piece of that story is his wife, Beth, was able to give Chip a kidney to save his life. So somehow this husband and wife, their blood, their blood types matched, and she actually gave a kidney of hers so that her husband could live. That was part of his story last night of their own faith journey. So it was an extraordinary and joyous occasion. This is an ordinary event to present the Lord on the 40th day, to present the child, uh, your firstborn male child. It's supposed to be an ordinary day. It's not ever ordinary when the Holy Spirit shows up. Here in two verses we get this. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout. It must have been a lovely personality, a lovely character. This man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation, the comfort of Israel. Remember, Israel is in, is in uh, they're oppressed. They're in bondage to the Roman government. Uh, they, uh, they have hard lives, and he's waiting for the comfort of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. This was not an ordinary day for Simeon either. Um, the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Wow. So he has this, uh, this word from the Lord that he will not die before he sees the consolation of Israel, the one who would rescue Israel, the one who would redeem Israel. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. This was not an ordinary day for Simeon. So we get that spirit word three times in this story saying, there is something powerful and significant happening for Simeon. And two, it's Simon, isn't it? It's Simeon. Yeah. Uh, John Benson and I were doing gospel challenges this morning. We were talking about Simon. So I'm, I've got both names rolling around in my head. Thank you, Rob. So, uh, he comes in the spirit into the temple. So he knows there's something special happening, but he doesn't know what. The parents bring in the child Jesus. An ordinary day is about to become an extraordinary day. And there's something to do for him according to the custom of the law. Simeon, can't just imagine this elderly man. Uh, he approaches Mary and Joseph, these young parents, or at least certainly a young Mary, maybe an, a little bit older Joseph. And uh, he takes uh, their infant child in his arms. They, they trust him with him. Uh, why? 
Well, he perhaps was well known. He's a righteous and devout man. He has a reputation for a faithful life and a trustworthy life. And he wants to hold this precious baby that's 40, 40 days old. He took him up in his arms. He blessed God, which means he's saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Um, it's something he, he, he sees with prophetic eyes. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. I can, I can die and go to heaven now. According to your word, that word that was given to him, um, my eyes have seen your salvation. He's holding this precious baby that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. An even bigger prophetic word. This is a light. This infant child who has done nothing yet a light for revelation to the Gentiles. This is a Jewish, devout, and righteous man who worships at the temple, who is there on a regular basis. And he has this profound word that this gift is not only for the consolation of Israel, he, it will be also a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. He'll make his own people proud. And for many Jews, he did. His father and mother marveled at what was said about him. So this, this is a big event going on for them also. And here's a Simeon holding this child up and making this prophetic word over him and giving thanks to the Lord. And so they're marveling. So Simeon blesses them. And he says to Mary, his mother, he has a word for her, a prophetic word. Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many. Some will believe some will not believe. It will mean the rising of some, but it will mean the falling of others who will reject this light. He will be a sign that is opposed. And he tells her in advance, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. She probably cannot imagine the implication of that or what that may mean. But here is a word given on day 40. And uh, this wonderful ba balance, it seems to me. So, in a sense, I, uh, I'm thinking about uh, C.S. Lewis, and uh, this is a son of Adam, a Simeon. Now we have a daughter of Eve that weighs in on this also. It's like the representative of humankind brought together at this, at this juncture at 40 days. There was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She's old. She's 84 years old. Seems younger and younger to some of us. But, um, she was advanced in years. What a delicate way to say that. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin and then as a widow. And she was now 84. And she had become a constant worshiper at the temple, enjoying the presence of the Lord, enjoying his word, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. So here's another woman of a prophetic insight, of discernment, of grace, of a, a heart full of love and a love of the Lord and love, love of the Lord's people. And coming up at that very hour, so here's Simeon, here's Jesus, the little baby, here's Mary and Joseph. Now Anna comes up and joins them. Coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of Jesus to all who are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. So she is a confirmation of what Simeon has offered. 
she confirms it. So now you have two individuals. Add that to what Mary as, knows as well, that this is, there's something singularly unique about this child she has born. And uh, it all comes together in this wonderful coalescence on the feast day of the presentation of the Lord. An ordinary presentation, and it becomes an extraordinary event for Mary, for Joseph, for Simeon, for Anna, and for all those who are listening. So, when I hear the Nunc Dimittis, that unfamiliar Latin title, and when we say the Nunc Dimittis at an evening prayer these days, ever since my 20s, I've taken myself right back to the feast day of the presentation of our Lord and just realized those are not just words. That is Simeon offering this prophetic word over this child and how beautiful and how powerful and effective they were for him and they are still for me also. Wow. So brothers and sisters, for today, 2022, we are an ordinary church. We've been here 300 years. We are an ordinary people who love to worship here and love to fellowship here. But we can be expected that God wants to do, will do, will continue to do, however you want to express that, whatever verb form, uh, we, we are called to be expected. Extraordinary things will happen in this community of faith. Because we welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit. We, uh, we expect that things will happen when the Holy Spirit shows up as we worship the Lord Jesus, as we gather, as we did last night. An ordinary wild game night becomes an extraordinary evening of the man gathered. Perhaps it was an ordinary Bible study a couple of hours ago for the women of the church or the other last night, an ordinary Bible study. But perhaps somebody went away from there and said, that was extraordinary tonight. I saw something, I understood something I have never understood before, and my life is better for it. So I simply want us all to be expectant and encouraged. Let us walk in the steps of Simeon, faithful, loyal, devout, and expectant that in ordinary circumstances, extraordinary things can and do happen for the people of God. People get healed. People get converted. People who have been on one level of faith all sin aside, I want to go to a deeper level of faith. And they will describe their lives. They say, it once was ordinary. My life's not ordinary anymore. It's extraordinary because I have met 